0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So on today's episode, we've got a couple different things we're going to be talking about. The first topic, as you can see on the screen, is going to be the tops design. Tops usually comes out with their flagship design for their product in like July. Uh, This one's being a little bit later. And I think uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, The second topic is going to be some of the national the US men's national team players that are playing in the Champions League. I think the number of players is pretty impressive compared to other years. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see sort of uh, how these players play in this environment. Uh, and the last topic is going to be So Rare. They announced that they're going to be doing a partnership with the NBA, similar to what they had with soccer. I'm not 100% sure on the number of leagues. I know it's a lot of the European leagues have that partnership with So Rare. And I'll kind of explain what it is in a little bit as well. Uh, and I think it's. I forget there was another one there's another company that did a similar partnership recently with so oh, MLB so we'll talk about that once we get into it so we'll go into the first topic here and you know with StreamYard it's kind of cool you can do overlays but you can't do it kind of the same way that you do it on OBS which like I'm fine with uh, I think it looks good so for the first topic on today's show we're going to be talking about the new Tops design, and usually, like I said a little bit earlier, Tops comes out with their flagship product design in January. It was actually something that we talked about on Hobby Hotline, which is one of the uh, which is a show that I'm on with a bunch of a great group of other content creators. It's on uh, Tuesday and Saturdays, so Tuesday nights and then Saturdays. I believe it's at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if you haven't checked out that show or checked out the YouTube channel, make sure you go check out there. But so we were talking about the design and one of the big changes I think that we've seen over the past couple of years with this design is the, they brought back the border. Um, And I think, you know, I've been kind of following these releases and the design releases since I got back into cards. I mean, 20, 2018s when I got back in, so like 2019 was probably the first year that I was really following what this design was going to look like. So if you remember that 2019 design, it had like the Pete Alonso, it had the um, Vlad Guerrero, it had the um, Fernando Tatis, and it didn't have a border. Uh, and one of the things that I think a lot of people, you know, I, I think one of the interesting things to do when you're kind of, if you're, creating content or anything along those lines is to look at what people are talking about in the comments. If you're looking for content to make. And one of the things that I definitely noticed a lot of people were talking about was the border, which it was funny because then they brought the border back and then people talked about how they didn't want to border. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is going to be happy, I guess with the, or, you know, people are happy, but the, I think sometimes what you find is that you'll always be able to, with, with internet content and within, within sports cards, for sure, you're able to find someone who's arguing the other point. Uh, you're never going to run into a situation where 100% of everyone agrees. I've been seeing a lot of positive feedback on this design. Uh, oh, uh, One million cubs is a Twitter account that he, I think he's also part of uh, Hobby Hotline, and he put out a really good tweet that was like, every 20 years, they kind of do this design with the multiple images on the card I really am a big fan of this design overall I mean it I think it it encapsulates sort of the classic design uh but also like adds in sort of the newer elements that they've been adding over the past few years like if you go back through 2020 2021 and then 2022 they've been sort of in my opinion what happens with tops designs is they go through phases where they go through different styles And I haven't really noticed that over the past few years, they've kind of stayed sort of similar uh, with this design. I think this is another example of the style that they've been going with. Uh, You can kind of go back, like I said, throughout the years and see that there was a certain style. And that even could be the, the designer himself or herself that was designing the cards. They were with the company uh for however long and then after you know after a certain amount of years they left and they brought in a new designer or it could just be that tops is um choosing to change the style of the design like they could another you know another possibility i'm kind of just thinking you know i'm coming from a design background like i went to school for graphic design and one of the reasons i kind of got back into sports cards was honestly because i was a big fan of the design so one of the things uh for me i guess is I've been kind of interested in design itself. Like if you go to my Instagram, you'll find that the beginning of my Instagram page, Heroes for Sale, was actually just me reviewing different designs for uh, – reviewing different designs of baseball cards. So like the design is something that I've definitely been kind of really focused on and interested in over the past uh, – since I've been in sports cards, I mean, it's, you know, graphic design is uh, one of the things that I, I, I do a lot in my spare time. And it's something that uh, I have a lot of fun doing. So like following sports and kind of combining it with design and all that kind of stuff, sports cards is the perfect way to kind of combine all that type of stuff, you know, the marketing as well. But so with tops, it could even just be that they're uh, laying out, like they're saying, here's the next four, uh, four designs, for." you know for the next couple years i guess that could be one possibility of what tops is doing um but we'll see i mean you know i think they're releasing it a little bit late and i think they're releasing it late to be honest because this is potentially fanatics's first first tops cards like because fanatics bought tops i think at the the end of 2021 and you know uh, uh from my knowledge of the card creation and product creation it takes like like 8 to 12 months to really kind of release a product like going through production going through packing all the cards packing all the boxes shipping them out all that kind of stuff so i think at that point fanatics probably said we want our we want hands in sort of the next design or the next product and how we're going to do it and this could be the first one like i don't know if next year tops cards are going to start having fanatics logos i think that's a possibility you know because fanatics is uh fanatics is obviously they bought tops but i think one of the things that josh luber said was that it wasn't going tops wasn't going to become fanatics i think that's what he was saying um no sorry to go back a little bit before they bought tops when josh luber was doing interviews and all that kind of stuff he said that uh, Fanatics wasn't going to, it was going to be a different company that was making cards, which at that point they probably knew or they had some sort of idea that Tops was going to be in the, in the uh, possibility that they were going to be able to buy. So I think that was one thing that he probably looked at and said, well, it's not going to be uh, once Fanatics starts making sports cards, it's not going to be the card company is not going to be Fanatics. It'll be whatever their card company was, which now obviously, you know, Tops. Uh I don't know if, you know, I think I've talked about in other videos with Panini. Like, they don't know if... if I don't know if Panini is going to be bought by Fanatics or how that's going to go. But I think this is the first design or uh, release that Fanatics is going to have for Tops, And I, I think one of the things with this flagship product I think that they should do is... I think they need to get rid of Tops update. I think that they should just do Series 1 and Series 2... And then, but spread them out more like series one should come out at the beginning of the year. Uh, it should have, I think, you know, or, or yeah, I, I, there's a couple, couple different thoughts I have here. Like, because the way that tops is sort of manipulated when rookies get their cards, like Adley Rushman is a potential AL rookie of the year candidate, but he's not going to have his rookie card until series one of next year. Wander Franco is very similar. Um, and he, I mean Tony or Randy Rose was a rookie. He, he got his rookie card in 2019, and then he won the 2021 Rookie of the Year. So it's sometimes it doesn't. It I, I get it why Topps maybe does it, but it almost seems like they've sort of changed the process, and that Topps update isn't as important. Like I know that what their kind of their plan is and what they've done sort of since Ronald Acuna for, in a way like they came out with the short print in series two which is what they did with vlad jr as well and then vlad jr and acuna got their first cards in tops update so i see kind of the business model and why they want to do it that way i just think with when it comes to the flagship product it maybe gets a little bit complicated and that's one thing with baseball cards they can be a little bit complicated at times like what is the rookie and what's not because like you know The, the bat down, which I believe is the short print from series two for Ronald Acuna is way more expensive, but also we don't know how many of them there are like, I don't know, I just I wish it was a little bit easier to understand in a way like I, and then my other thought is that I wish that maybe series one came out a little bit later on, like towards maybe the beginning of the season. Like, I almost think it should be like a beginning of the season release and an end of the season release for series one at the beginning of the season. And then series two, they should release that with the rookies that, you know, I, I don't know what they, I, I guess I, I'd have to do a little bit more brainstorming on which rookies I think would, I would want to include in that series two, but it seems like, you know, with this year they did with, uh, Torkelson, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Julio Rodriguez, they're going to have their rookies in tops Update. They had Series 2 short prints. I don't necessarily love how they're doing it that way. Um, I just think it should be more straightforward and easy for people to understand. Like, I think rookies should just get one rookie card for every year. I understand that tops Update is kind of a combination of Series 1 and Series 2 and some of the players that got traded, all that kind of stuff. But in my opinion, I think, like for for Adley Rushman, for an example, like he, I think he easily could be in tops Update uh, but the date that they chose or, or or the date they should release, I guess, is my other kind of point. When it comes to baseball rookies, I wish they would release an actual date of when the cutoff is to say you're going to get a rookie card this year or you're getting it next year. It, in my opinion, it seems a little bit too early, the date of the cutoff. Uh, the past few seasons, it's been like May or June, which I think if you go back a little bit farther, it's been in July. I think, yes, you do need a cutoff date, but I just wish that they would say when the cutoff date was and not make it seem like they're doing it just so they can get rookies in to next year's product for series one, because, you know, series one for most years is going to be the best one out of the two. I think series two from 2019 with uh, Pete Alonso, uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Fernando Tatis, and then the short print for Vlad, obviously series two is going to be better that season but it just seems like the Series 2 isn't as good most of the years compared to Series 1 because of the way that they choose when the date is and when players are going to be put into that next product. And that's uh, that's what I got for, for the first topic there. Uh, let's see. We got the next topic I think is super interesting as well. Is the U.S. Men's National Team players that are playing in the Champions League? So let's just count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So eleven players are playing in this season's Champions League, which I think last year may have been more. Um, I know that in the past few years they've been breaking records on this type of stuff. And two years ago, when Chelsea won, I think that was one of the first American players to win the Champions League with. Uh, with Pulisic, who is on Chelsea, uh, you know, the men's national team, I think is going to continue to get more and more popular within the United States and outside the United States. I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at the other teams that have some of the top players, you know, like Leeds United is a premier league team. They have Tyler Adams and they have Brendan Aronson. That's like a monster that's, you know, they have been playing really well. I monster, I guess is it's maybe the American coming out in me and saying that, you know, the American players are the best. I don't know, you know, cause it, I think they get a little bit more criticism because they're American uh, than maybe they deserve. I don't know. But Chelsea also on, on another note, they just fired their manager who did not really like Polisic. So I think that's good for him. Um, there's also been rumors that he would, he was going to be loaned, which I guess they didn't necessarily want to do that. I mean, he he's one of the better players on Chelsea. So it's like, why would you want to do that? Um, I don't know, but I think one of the one of the rumored teams was Juventus with Weston McKinney, who is obviously a player, not obviously, but he's a player that I really like. Um he was a player that I really got into early. Like I think I bought a bunch of his tops rookies when they were like 20, 30 cents a card. Like I remember I bought this crazy lot, like right when I was getting back into soccer cards and kind of looking into uh which players I wanted to buy. And I think I bought like a I bought a 40 or 45 card lot for like 30 bucks. And looking back at it now, I mean, uh, I also bought another lot that was, I think it was 11 refractors. So I have like, I don't even know at this point. I have like maybe 60 because I know I bought another lot of the Weston McKinney, the tops Chrome Champions League cards. I think I might have 60 of those individual cards. And I think I have like 10 or 11 of the refractors. Um, so, I mean, that would have been cool for, you know, the United States connection for if Polisic had gone to Juventus, uh, to play with Weston, I think that would have been really awesome. Another player who is sort of, he kind of fell off a little bit, to be honest, but now he's sort of making a little bit of a resurgence is, um, Josh Sargent. He also plays in the premier. League. I think he plays for Norwich and he's another player that's been having a great start to the season. I think if you're looking into soccer cards and you are, I don't know if you're an American, I think it's good to probably look at some of these American prospects. Cause I think what you're going to see is that once the world cup comes to the U S uh, that's when I think we're really going to see a pretty big jump in these players' popularities. like, I think these players are going to become mainstream. I forget who wrote the article, but there was one company that wrote an article about Polisic and called him the LeBron James of soccer, Um which that was, I mean, I, I think the whole, the world was laughing, uh, I think at that point, because they were like, what are you even talking about? Like the LeBron James of, of, of soccer. Like that's not even, that's not even realistic. Like LeBron is the best basketball player in the whole entire world. I, I, I don't know. I'm not here to argue uh the, the point they were trying to make but either way they wrote this article about polisic and saying that um but I think overall you look at the players that like I said that are playing and then also Sergi- Serginio Dest he actually just transferred from Barcelona to AC Milan which you know it's unfortunate he wasn't maybe getting the playing time that he wanted to at Barcelona Uh, I think AC Milan, I I don't remember if Imer Himovich is still there. I don't think so, but that means he's probably going to be playing against like McKinney. Uh, McKinney came over to Juventus from, um, I believe it was, it was a, I forget, Salka, I think was the name of the, the, the Bundesliga team that he, that he came over, uh, and started playing for. I think McKinney has kind of been a name. It's, it's soccer rumors are almost more wild than basketball rumors during sort of the off season and when uh, there aren't games going on. Uh, also, it's it's just an interesting system. And I sort of wish that the United States would figure out a way to implement, um, implement the Premier League and sort of the European soccer system where there's demotions, which, you know, granted... Teams probably don't want to do that because if they get if they get demoted or whatever, you know, they're probably going to lose a significant portion of money. But it's like, I think that's almost how you create fan bases that are more rabid than um than sort of what like it like let's just say Orlando, the Orlando Magic, for example. If if the Orlando Magic, you know, got demoted and they had stayed demoted, which I don't know if that's a good example because maybe they don't, their fans aren't super rabid i guess but either way i think the point that i'm trying to make is that if you see a team that's playing in this lower division and then they make their way up um i think that would make the league a little bit more competitive i guess i don't really know how you would do it with how they do it with like drafts and like with the draft i don't know how they would do it that way um but i think honestly with soccer they may because uh, there are there's like a couple big leagues within the united states there's like the mls and then there's the us soccer championship league i forget the exact name of it but it's kind of like the minor leagues of the mls but like uh if you look at some of the teams like if you if you look at their stadiums they're like filled so like i don't know maybe it's a soccer thing maybe that's why people are so rabid about those about those sports but i think overall like you know i i've i've talked about soccer at and nauseum. any chance i can get to talk about soccer it's it's always something i like talking about because it's just so intricate and interesting and there's so many nuances that i think i wish that american sports would uh would try and implement more of these things that soccer does uh but you know that yeah that's kind of it's wishful thinking honestly because like you know there's so much money within these within these teams it's like who's to say um who who's, who who would what owner would really get into a league if they know they can get demoted i don't know for sure but it's like i don't know i think i wish that they would uh, implement some of this stuff i think it would be pretty cool to be honest uh the last topic that we have on today's show is going to be the nba SoRare uh partnership so sorare is a fantasy sports nft company uh they were big with like soccer so like a couple years ago probably like, I think they had McKinney on Salka in, like, the first release of the cards, which I, th- I think the first release of the soccer cards was back in, must I guess it must have been 20, 2019 or 2020, um, because that's kind of when NFTs sort of started picking up a little bit. And within sports NFTs, I think one thing that is going to help the industry uh, of sports NFTs is going to be trying to figure out a way to combine the NFT with some sort of utility. So in this case, it's a fantasy game along with a collectability type of thing. So like there are different rarities and, you know, you have, I, I forget the exact numbers, but I know that each of the, uh, they have like, uh, I think it's like bronze, silver, red, and blue, I think of the four rarities and they each get more rare kind of as you're going. Um, so I think this is, you know, with the NBA, kind of coming into this, I think it's big because you saw like with top shot. Um, I don't necessarily think that top shot was done correctly. Like I think they were, they were riding on the hype of sports cards and how popular, like that rookie class was with, uh, with Lamelo, And then even the year before with Zion I think they were riding on that kind of wave. I also think the one thing that... I, I, I don't know why more people didn't talk about this. When, when Top Shot first came out, you couldn't take your money out of the platform. So it's like, yeah, all of these random moments are going to be trading for ridiculous amounts when you can't get your money out of it. But that, that once people were able to get their money out, I think that's kind of when you saw like a huge step back for for Top Shot. I, I even, but to be honest, I even think Top Shot is still kind of... It's still pretty popular. Like if you look at um I, I forget, I think uh Coin Tracker, I think is what it's called. It's a website where you can track NFT projects. It's usually in the top projects. And I think it's going to be a revolutionary type of thing because they also launched the all day, which is the NFL. And what I've seen from them so far is that they're doing they're releasing the nfts the way that i thought the nba should have done it was they're releasing like historic ones so like the odell beckham catch for example was one of the nfts that you could you could have uh, you could have purchased for the for the nfl all day and but like i said now getting back into so rare so rare also has an mlb partnership so you can do this sort of fantasy uh, nft type of thing with with baseball, which I I looked into it a little bit. I couldn't. I, I haven't really played around in the platform that much, but I know that so rare has. They're a company that's raised a bunch of funding. Um, I think Gary V. I'm pretty sure he's one of the investors. Uh, but you know, overall, I think the the platform has shown they sort. They're. they're I think what this is my take on NFTs in general. You're. It's going to be like the internet. Uh, the internet boom of the early '90s when like you're going to have the Amazon, Google's, uh, Twitter's, like all these companies, they're going to come out of this. Uh, but then you're also going to have like the pets.coms and like, uh, I don't know, any random company that was on paper worth probably billions, but then they weren't doing anything. So then they kind of crashed. I think so rare is a company that could, for from a sports NFT perspective, I think that they're probably going to be a company that ends up coming out of this I don't know what you could even call it, like out of out of this era, uh, and will be successful down the road. I think it was smart of them to launch soccer first because it um it, it, I think the soccer, the amount of people who are into soccer is much higher than the amount of people who are into American sports, for example. Like soccer is the biggest sport in the world. And I just, you know, I just talked about that. Uh, but I think it was smart of them to launch soccer first. And now that they, they launched MLB this season, in the middle of the season, if I were them, I probably would have waited until either the off season or the beginning of next season to launch because they sort of launched in the middle of the season. Uh, like with with the NBA, they just announced this partnership. So I would imagine they're going to have something up before the start of the season for the NBA. And I don't know if they're going to do it Like, I guess, well, because it's their cards. They're not, they're not the highlights like Top Shot and All Day. uh so they're not going to be. Maybe they'll have historic ones, but I guess maybe not. We'll see. I mean, we'll see kind of how it goes because these NFTs you can also you can buy and sell them the same way that you buy and sell Top Shots and stuff like that. So I think you know I like so rare and what they've do. I like the look of the cards. I'm I'm excited to see sort of what the partnership sort of entails. Like how they're going to launch these cards, if they're going to launch them, um, if they're going to, you know, I don't know, maybe so rare. I I don't know if there's a licensing thing here. I would guess there might be just for the fact that like, uh, there there are tons of different digital licenses. I would imagine the video license for the NBA probably won't be something that they'll be launching with. But if they do, I think that it'll be... um, Actually, probably not, because it's it's more of a fantasy game. But but either way, I, I like I said, I still think uh, adding the NBA to so rare's Arsenal is going to be important. And I don't know, I, I you know, for fanatics in general, like I know that they keep you know buying companies and they keep buying licenses. But if they keep doing well, it could be something where because Topps did NFTs as well, so it could be something where fanatics buy so rare. And then they're the ones that are running the NFT business for Tops slash Fanatics because Tops did release NFTs, uh, but they've released them on like four different platforms. And it really kind of I think they they try to jump into it. It's, It's the same thing sort of with other NFT companies like they didn't really know what they were doing. They knew how to maybe mint the NFTs and get them out, but they didn't know. They didn't know the technology and sort of how to how to do it correctly. I guess if that makes sense, because if you, if you want uh, a baseball NFT, it's like they're on a bunch of different platforms. So like, if so rare comes in and I, and I think that's ultimately what maybe they're trying to do. Like, yes, they're building a product that uh, they're building a product that you can buy and sell. But if they want to sell to a company like tops, I think that they're building a platform that that's definitely a possibility. If that's what they want to do. I mean, it could even be, that they just want to run this platform. Uh, they want to, you know, keep adding licenses. Like, I don't know, maybe down the road we see an NFL one uh, or NHL. I don't, I don't know for sure, but they got basically the three, I would consider them the three biggest licenses in the, uh, in the, uh, Hobby sports card space, like if they can get the NFL, that would be great. But I think that uh, across the board, you see much more diversity when it comes to kind of who people are buying within baseball and basketball, football. There isn't really as much, so um, I think it might be tough. But you know, it could be a thing where it's like even you know maybe it's like ESPN buys them and then they integrate ESPN into fantasy. And I think that's one of the things, in my opinion, that really I think that's one thing that can set apart. Uh, a company that's sort of growing is figuring out how to combine a bunch of different industries. Uh, You know, that's one thing that I was thinking about with like the NFL, like with the positional players of the NFL, if a company can figure, if a sports card company can figure out how to implement fantasy into their, into their repertoire, I think it would be interesting for them to I think it, I think it would if they can figure out how to introduce fantasy I mean I think that might help the value of some of these some of the NF the the position players but I don't know maybe not I mean I don't know like like I've talked about this in the past like I don't know where I don't know what has to happen for position players to become more popular um, I thought maybe star stock would be one way that that would help uh, I guess maybe not I, I think maybe check out my cards might be one way uh, But the the digital trading, uh, I think, is just it's it's something that a lot of collectors don't really like. But it's something that I think a lot of people who maybe aren't into sports cards do like, if that makes sense. Like MLB The Show, for example, and I'll kind of give you a little bit of a little bit about my background. So MLB The Show is how I got into sports cards because I was trading the cards and the coins and building up my coins for my team. Uh, but it was all seamless. It was all digital. There was no, um, you know, you understood the fees, you understood there was no shipping or anything. You could just, you could buy something and then immediately list it. And I think that's what we're going to see with NFTs and sports. They need, they need to figure out a way to build that platform, which, you know, that's another, maybe it's a show, maybe MLB, the show it starts great NFTs into, their game, I don't, I don't know for sure exactly how they would do it or what they would want to do, but it's like a generation of uh people who like sports that are basically trading NFTs already. Like they, then they have been trading NFTs before NFTs were a thing. Like they were on Madden, they were on FIFA, they were on MLB The Show, trading these cards for coins or buying packs. Uh, so you know, and it's really it's wild that people still sort of look at nfts as not important because like i just said people have been people people have been trading people have been doing uh, how am i trying to word it people have been trading nfts before they were nfts if that makes sense like every anything any skin you buy in a game that's just an nft that you can't trade but if you were able to trade that that would be something that would be interesting uh or you know if you're fortnite or call of duty or apex legends whatever but like madden fifa you're trading cards for coins and it's like like i said in my head when i was doing that i was like there's got to be a way to do this in real life which you know check out my cards is an example of a is an example of a product in a company that i think should be much larger uh just based on the fact that they have everything they have such a large platform and everything is digital and you know all the fees are kind of all worked into there, and you, they're pretty clear about all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just think it's, check out my cards is a platform that should be maybe a little bit bigger. Um, overall, just based on the fact that they are, I mean, if you really want to, if you really want to get crazy, check out my cards. If they didn't allow you, which obviously they you want, they want you to take your cards sometimes. But like they're just it's just in that it's just check out my cards is NFTs. Like that's one way to think about it. They're just NFTs that you can, you know, get shipped to you, physical a physical uh, product that you can trade digitally. That's kind of, I think the, I don't know if anyone's coined that phrase, but that's something that uh, I've been thinking about, like figuring out a way to trade physical assets digitally. Um, whoever can do that, which check on My Cards has kind of done, whoever can figure out how to do that the best is going to have huge upside when it comes to what their company could do in the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, NFT sports NFTs for sure. Like it, it, fantasy, fantasy, you could say that, you know, fantasy players are NFTs. Like they're you're you're picking them up off the waiver wire. You're you're you know trading with your friends. Those are just NFTs. Like it's, I guess it's you know you're, you're kind of taking the layers back there, and it's it maybe a little bit of an exaggeration to call everything an NFT. But it's like if you really look at it, I think a lot more things are like NFTs than aren't like nfts (laughs) i guess if that if that point kind of makes sense um oh cool i like the so yeah kamikaze zero i own zero nfts i own a couple to be honest like it's not something i went crazy with like i don't own any of the top shots i I think i own a, i own a couple of projects that i bought like the past few months because the prices for eth and the price for gas just went down significantly um but yeah so let's see so let's that's, that's pretty much all i got i guess i, I should have done a a post show screen i needed to probably do that for next time but um yeah that's all i've got for you know, the live stream and the, the podcast. So I, anybody who watched through the first five or six minutes of me trying to figure out the, figure everything out. Thank you. I appreciate you for sticking around. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, make sure you hit like, and subscribe, uh, leave a comment, leave a review, however you guys want to do it. Uh, thank you all. And I will see you in the next episode.